Tuesday, January 24th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Matt Argusinger. Happy Tuesday. Hey, happy Tuesday. It's a happy Tuesday for people who got Oscar nominations. We'll get to that. All right. We'll get to the Oscar nominations. But we got earnings. Earnings season heating up. And we're going to start with Alibaba, the e commerce giant in China. Third quarter revenue. <laughs> can't believe this. Third quarter revenue up 54%. I'm sorry. Is that a lot? That seems like a lot, especially when you you're talking about a base revenue of 7.8 billion dollars in one quarter. Uh, but I think the the big reaction, the big positive reaction to the stock, at least initially, was the uh, was raising expectations for 2017. So they took their growth rate from 48 percent to 53 percent. So there's really not even a drop off going into 2017 compared to 2016. Um, this is, I mean, this is a whale of a company. You know, they do. 500 more than 500 billion in gross merchandise volume across their marketplace. Uh, that is more than Amazon and eBay combined. So this is, this is a massive company. They have, you know, they have some undeniable tailwinds. Of course, we know e-commerce globally is just um, taking off. More consumers are coming online. More importantly for Alibaba, more businesses are coming along online. So their B2B business, marketing, um, helping uh, customers get their ads or get their ads, but also get their products uh, online. That's that's the biggest part of their business, and that's just exploding. Uh, and you can't see that stopping uh, anytime soon. And then on the consumer side, they're kind of following the same blueprint as Amazon. It's you turn shoppers into digital streamers, so they're investing in entertainment products uh, as well. So it's kind of becoming that one-stop shop destination for online properties in, in China. It's very impressive. And we talk around the holidays about Cyber Monday and and all of the just sort of the gross volume of sales there. That is still. That pales in comparison to Singles Day, Singles Day, November 11th, which was obviously part of this most recent quarter. Singles Day, the made-up holiday, which is just a goldmine. They did nearly 18 billion dollars worth of sales on November 11th That's alone. Extraordinary. Uh, I, I, you know, it's from an investor perspective. There's a lot to like here. There's a lot to be excited about. But it's been a bit of a to- tipsy, topsy-turvy ride. Get that wrong. But uh, you know, they IPO'd uh, a little over two years ago. Stocks really today is. Really, the same as it was when it IPO'd. Um, it's been volatile, and uh, it's to me. I look at it, and despite its impressive growth, it's still trading at about eight times sales. So, in a way, it's Alibaba is kind of growing into its valuation, rather than I think being an opportunity where you, they can increase their valuation. Uh, so, so uh, as dominant as this company is, I mean, it's laughable to think about someone trying to take them on. No, they're more dominant in China than. Amazon, of course, is in the U.S. by far, and as dominant as they are, and let's just go ahead and assume that that they're not going to have any anti-monopoly issues with the uh, government. We'll see. Um, <laughs> you you still look at the stock and just go, nah, I don't think so. It's massive. Um, it came in with a lot of hype, and I think I think now reflecting on the results, a lot of that hype was justified. It's just that the market valuation it got at the beginning was so high, and there's a lot to. Be concerned about with the accounting um, and the the counterfeit goods, which they keep being accused of of uh, having on their sites. So that to me makes me a little more nervous. I'd love to pay a lower valuation for the stock. Let's move on to Verizon. Their fourth quarter revenue fell more than five percent. That actually still ended up being better than the analysts were expecting. And I don't know if they planned it this way. Yahoo coming out at the same time with their earnings report, and. I, you know, there there are times when a company reports earnings, and 
the least interesting thing about the company at that given time is their earnings report. And I feel like that is the case here with Verizon. That I look at this company, they're performing well, but to me, it's the Yahoo story, and when is it going to close, and are they going to get a cheaper price? Right. That, that is the headline, because with Verizon, you have a business where customers are a lot less excited about the pipes or the, the cables coming into their home. I mean, there's just there's not a lot of value to those right now. It's all about the destination. It's about the content that I'm getting. And I think Verizon realizes that. And, and so, acquisitions like AOL, whether or not they can get Yahoo, um, their Go90 platform, which I think it's called, their streaming service, it's, it's really all about, can Verizon be a player? Um, can they compete with companies at like Alphabet, Facebook, Netflix, um, at the content level, at the, at the social media, social networking, and advertising level? And I just, that's tough to see. Um, especially when you look at when you do look at their core business, um, which their subscriber growth was much less than expected uh, this quarter. I, I saw the the FiOS number. This was interesting. They added only twenty one thousand FiOS subscribers last quarter. That and analysts were looking for thirty five thousand. So that's want, a that's a pretty big miss. Yeah, I mean, if you want evidence that the that the cable business itself is not dying, but it's certainly not a growth market by any by any stretch, that's that's evidence right there. So can Verizon complete this transformation? I'd say that the odds are stacked against them big time. I feel like they are a vehicle that is just idling by the side of the road. That they they and it's probably frustrating for them on some level that they do have these plans to roll out more content and maybe if Yahoo doesn't have the data breach issue this deal is closed by now but right now I mean Yahoo came out and in their earnings report Talked about the acquisition by Verizon, said that it would close as soon. <laughs> here are the exact words: as soon as practicable, in the second quarter of this year, <laughs> due to the quote work required to meet closing conditions, which I think is a nice euphemism for Verizon is going through absolutely everything we're giving them with a fine tooth comb because we probably weren't as upfront with them in a timely manner on the data breach stuff as we should have been. Well, and I just to use that word practicable. I mean, I think from shareholders' perspective, they should start asking whether or not this is still a practical acquisition. I mean, I think all of us agree that Yahoo is not exactly um, the most exciting destination these days for people coming online by any stretch. And so, maybe maybe spending five billion dollars on this once grand um, property and still very large and still has millions of eyeballs, of course, is that the right strategy? And maybe this is a good opportunity for them to say, you know what? We're we're pivoting. We're not going to go after this. See, even though we think we need to, I think they still need to go through with it. In part because they've got presumably they're going to have access to all of Yahoo's database, and they can therefore go to those people and market FiOS or anything else they want to market in terms of of their mobile services. They also to you, to the point you made earlier about the content. Yahoo's got good content on sports and finance. Sure does. Some entertainment stuff as well, but Verizon can, I mean, it's not obviously this quick, but almost like flipping a switch, they can provide their subscribers a lot of sports content very quickly once this deal closes. It's a, it's a, big, it's a big list. Is it worth five billion now? Yeah, well, that's, the thing. that's, that's the, the thing. If I'm Verizon, I'm saying, guys, uh, we need to talk about, or you know, we got to get a lower price. Right. Let's get this done. Uh, shares of GoPro up ten percent this morning, not on earnings, but on an analyst note. Um, there was an analyst from Pacific Crest 
who raised estimates for the number of drone shipments that GoPro is going to make by about 10%. This this seems like <laughs> this seems like grasping for good news. I'm surprised that I'm not surprised that it would look. Every day there are analysts who come out with some sort of upgrade or downgrade on any given company, and stocks move based on that. That's not a surprise. The surprising part to me is that shares would bump up this much on one note about one part of GoPro's business. I think when when stocks when companies get beaten down to the extent that a GoPro has, it it, it can turn or at least it can have days like this on seemingly meaningless positive news. But you know, investors markets are looking for any glimmer of hope, um, and so you know we were talking before the show, but companies like GoPro, Fitbit. Pandora, you know, companies that that have, they certainly have a brand and marketing presence, but they've just been the business model just has not proven out yet, uh, and so any kind of positive news at these levels, obviously, it can move the stock quite a bit. And that's what I wanted to get to with you with the, with those three companies in particular, and you can look across any industry you want, and you can find the Fitbit or Pandora or GoPro of the energy industry or the healthcare industry, where it's a business that has achieved some type of market share. They have a brand that is established, and there is value there in that business. So, here's my question for you. How interested are you, and maybe the answer is zero, but how interested are you in investing in a company when Somewhere at or near the top of the list of reasons to buy the stock is someone's going to buy them because that's what I think about with those three companies in particular. I look at GoPro, Pandora, and Fitbit, and I think some the the, the likeliest end scenario for them is someone's going to buy them. I don't know the price, but I'm pretty confident someone's going to buy them. Right, and I'd almost throw Twitter in that list to a certain extent too. We know we kind of went through with them in the fall. You can't. I think as an investor, you can't make the number one reason, or even the, it can't even be in the top three or four okay. reasons to buy a company. You know, based on the fact that you think they're going to get an acquisition, I think you still have to. There still has to be a fundamental story there for you. You have to, you have to believe in management. You have to believe in the products. You have to believe in the intellectual property. There, there's all these other things that you. I think you need to be positive on before investing. And then I think you treat the, the acquisition potential potential as maybe a free call option. Uh, we talk about optionality with investing all the time. What kind of options do you, does the company have? Uh, and so, you know, is there are there products, IP, or or talent there that would be very appealing to a larger company? If that's the case, great. But don't invest on based on that. But if that's in there, if that's part of the story, then it all it makes it gives more reason to buy the stock. It gives you an extra option in case things don't work out. Because you never know what the price is going to be. Right. They, that's the thing. No, Pandora could get bought out, but they could be bought out for a nickel. Right, and <laughs> and then it wasn't worth it to pick up the shares. As I mentioned at the top, the Oscar nominations came out this morning. Um, Eleven years ago today, the Walt Disney Company bought Pixar for seven point four billion dollars. That appears to have worked out. I for think them. that worked out pretty. I well. actually added up the numbers on the box office gross worldwide. For Pixar films since the acquisition, 
it actually adds up to 7.4 billion. Ah. And that's with two more films coming later this year. So again, that ha- that has worked out well. Yes. Uh, uh, Pixar getting one nomination this morning for best animated short film, Finding Dory getting snubbed on the best animated feature, which uh, causing some chagrin in mm. my household. Uh, congrats to Amazon Studios for becoming the first streaming service to get a best picture nomination because Amazon Studios is uh, the producer behind Manchester by the Sea. That's your neck of the woods. Neither of us have seen this movie. No. It's getting all these rave reviews. Casey Affleck for his performance. Uh, I think Michelle Williams for her performance as well. And and obviously the film getting a Best Picture nomination. But this is this is your old stomping ground. Yeah, well, good old Cape Ann, Massachusetts. I, I, yeah, I grew up in Wenham, which is a couple towns over from Manchester. I have some friends who live in Manchester, and they, they saw the film. And they liked the film for a lot of reasons, and I, of course, it's, it's getting a lot of uh, great critical acclaim. The one thing they pointed out, though, was in Manchester by the Sea, people, a lot of people go to Manchester by the Sea because it's got this beautiful beach called Singing Beach. It's one of the, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's one of the seven or eight beaches in the world that's called Singing, singing because as you walk through it in the sand, it, it sings. It's, it's kind of interesting. Check it out sometime. But they didn't feature the beach in the movie, apparently. I didn't see it, but that's according to my friends who saw the movie, and they thought it was just, wow, how could you see anyone who knows that area? You go to see a movie called Manchester by the Sea, and they don't even show the beach or the sea. Um, so, it's who like, knows? It's like setting a film in Paris, but you never show the Eiffel Tower. Right. I mean, something's missing. Matt Argusinger, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about in The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.